You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldweg, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in the Ramah Pesham Yisrael 5781, 2020. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayetze, the beginning of our Parsha. Yaakov Avinu is leaving Be'er Sheva, he's leaving his father's home. Vayetze Yaakov Be'er Sheva Vayelech Haran, he heads towards Haran to find his destiny, to find his wives, with whom he would begin the twelve tribes, the Jewish people. And he stops in a certain location by a chaloim. He goes to sleep there. He has a dream, famous dream. Vine sulam mutzav arza. There was a ladder was placed on the ground. Reshemagia shemaima. The top of the ladder was reaching up to the heavens. Vine malach elakim olim yardim boy. And he saw the angels were going up and down on this ladder. Vine Hashem nitzav Allah vayoyimar. Hashem stood over him, and God said, and this was his prophetic vision. I am Hashem, the God of Avram, your forefather, your grandfather, the God of Isaac. The, the land that you are sleeping upon right now, I shall give it to you and to your offspring. This is chapter 28, verse 14. This is the verse I like to focus on. God says to Yaakov Avinu, to Jacob, Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And you shall explode. Uferatzta means you'll spread out to the west, to the east, to the north and to the south. And all of the families of the earth will be blessed through you and through your offspring. That's the Pasuk, that's the verses. It's a very interesting thing, and we're going to read the Medrash. We need to understand what is the idea that the Jewish people are blessed to be called like the like the, the dust of the earth, like the like the ground. What's the idea? We do find Adam Harishon is made from the earth. Adam and Hadama. He's called Adam because he came from the word Adama, which means the earth. Interesting. But what is the idea here of earth? Afar means dust. Why is the Jew, the Jewish people, the blessing of the Jewish people, is that they shall be like dust? What is the idea behind that? So the Metrish tells us as follows. This is in section uh, 69, uh, piece number 5. Afar. The question that the Metrish wants to understand is why? Why are we referred to as Dust. Why when we refer to, we find other places, you'll be numerous, like the sand on the sea. Why afar? Afar ha'aretz is the dust of the earth, the, 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 the dirt. So the Medrash tells us a number of different mishalom, a number of different comparisons. Things that we understand from the word afar. Ma afar ha'aretz. Just like the earth. Enam is barich what is it that causes the earth to bring forth living things? What is it that causes growth to come up from the earth? It's water. When the water hits the earth, it hits the dust of the earth. The dust by itself is dead. Not long ago, I was in a certain spot out in nature, and it was before the rains. Baruch Hashem, we've had some rain in Eretz Israel, the land of Israel. So it was before the rains, and the earth was as brown as could be. A few weeks later, the rains have come, the earth starts to turn green. But the earth doesn't produce. 
before we have that water. So in the same way, it's an analogy. The Torah, God, in revealing to Yaakov, to Jacob, that his offspring shall be like dust, like earth, he's teaching him that they require water as well. What is the water of the Jewish people? The water of the Jewish people is the Torah. Because the Torah is compared, it's analogous to water. So, I'm sorry, before we get to that, so the idea is that the Jewish people also require watering. We're like the earth, we're malleable. We can produce all kinds of things. But we need that water, we need that life-giving force, which is the Torah. When we, have, when we are inundated, so to speak, by the Torah, when we fill ourselves with Torah, like the water fills the earth, and therefore causes the growth to come, so too, that's how we grow, that's how the Jewish people grow. That's the first analogy of the Medrash. Now we come to the, the main point that I'd like to discuss. Medrash says an amazing thing. The earth, if you take a piece of metal, if you take a knife, a metal knife, and you put it in the earth, so what happens? It uh, it rusts. So now, just like when you take a metal object and you put it into the earth, it rusts. It gets worn out. But the earth itself remains, it doesn't get worn out, so to speak. So there's an aspect here, very important, that when the Jewish people, the Jewish people, we remain, when we go through our Gullus, Yaakov Avinu is now on his way out of Eretz Yisrael and he's heading into Gullus, into a 22-year sojourn in the house of Lavan. It will take him 20 years to return, another 2 years to return to his father's house. In the meantime, he'll have all of the 12 tribes of the Jewish people. It's a tough time. It's a time of challenge. He faces off with Lavan, tries to cheat him so many times, so many tricks. But don't worry. Hashem is telling Yaakov, you know, and in turn telling, the, to, telling us, Kla Yisrael, don't worry. The Jewish people undergoes difficulties and challenges, but ultimately, the nations of the world, they rust, so to speak, and the Jewish people remain forever. They're like the earth. Like the earth that remains forever. Furthermore, just like the earth is something that everybody steps upon, everybody tramples upon the earth. So too, your children will be trampled upon by the nations of the world. <coughs> Until a certain point, and we'll see what that point is. This is what it says in the verse in Isaiah 51. Yeshaya, Nun Aleph, speaking about the Jewish people, the suffering servant. The Jewish people are the suffering servant of Isaiah 51, who's been trampled and who's been treated so poorly and who died for the sins of the nations of the world. The verse says, chapter 51, verse 23, biyad Magayich. I shall place her, I shall place it, I'm sorry, into the hands of those who oppressed you. It's speaking about the Kaisa Tarela. There's a, there's a cup of retribution that God has waiting 
for the enemies of the Jewish people, for the enemies of good, for those who have oppressed the Jewish people throughout the millennia. There is a cup of retribution. Hashem says, I shall place that cup of retribution into the hands of your oppressors. Mogayich. Medrash says, Mahu Mogayich. What does the word Mogayich mean? Mogayich means oppressors, but what is the word Mogayich? Ilen dememigin mechotich. These are your oppressors, those who cause you pain, those who weaken you, those who trample you. So they're going to get that which is coming to them, says the Medrash, says the Pasuk. Afilukain, you should still know. Baruch does this for our good. The challenges that we experience, the oppression, the terrible hatred, the anti-Semitism, the Jewish people have undergone the, the forced conversions, the, the take the cross or die, all these kinds of things that have gone on for the last 2,000 years. The difficulties of the Jewish people in Egypt for 210 years. These things clean us off of our sins. When a person experiences the oppression, the, the, the result is There's going to be a, a blessing upon one's growth. The challenges bring about growth. The oppression, the anti-Semitism, the hatred for the Jewish people, for Israel, for the people of Israel, that ultimately spurns us to growth. The Medrash continues in that Pasuk in Isaiah 51, and it says, What would the nations do to us? How would they oppress us? They would, they would bring us to the, to the squares of the towns, to the, great, to the great streets, and they would beat us up. They would lie us down, and they would, they would bring their, their animals and and their plows and plow over us. That's what it means in the pasuk. They told us, "Lie down, and we're going to pass over you." So what? So what's the idea, Rabbi Azaria? B'shem Rabbi Acha Omar. It sounds bad, right? It sounds terrible. They're knocking us down. They're putting us on the floor. They're walking over us. With they're trampling us with their animals, with their plows ripping through us. It's a good sign. Because where are they doing it? They're doing it on the on the Rechava, on these massive streets. The streets that the that they are bringing us to, those streets wear down the people who are walking upon them. The people who walk on those streets, they get tired from walking on the streets. But the street itself remains, despite the fact that it's worn out the people. So too, the, the, your children will wear out the nations. There are nations, they're busy, they're busy knocking us down. They're busy beating us up. They're busy with their anti-Semitic hatred. They're busy trying to knock down the Jewish people in the UN. The Israel, the, the Israel, the Israeli people, the Jewish people in the UN, in all of the courts 
of of decisions in your in the European Union, in in the in all these different places, trying to knock us down. But ultimately, ultimately, we're the ones who remain forever. For us, the Yom of Akim, it's a fine of an egg with a pusik finishes off, and I'm not going to get into the next part of the Medrash, but it brings the end of the Pasuk, and you shall spread out to the north, to the east, sorry, to the to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. Now what's interesting is that this is not the only place that this Medrash is brought. This Medrash is also brought by other Pesukim, the Avram Avinu. This is, we're talking here about Jacob. Hashem says to Avram, Pasuk says, same exact kind of blessing Hashem gives to Aram to Abraham. He says, You're going to get this land, all the land that you see, and I'm going to make your, your offspring to be like the dust of the earth. It brings this whole exact measure. Hashem says to Avram Avinu in the next Pasuk, go, wherever you walk, it's going to be yours. Now, what is the difference between the statement that wherever you walk is going to be yours? Avram Avinu is told, wherever you walk is going to be yours. So, what's that? to Yaakov is being told, you're going to have this entire land, north, east, west, south. This whole land is going to be yours. What's the difference between these two statements? So, I'd like to share with you a Gemara in Shabbos. This Gemara brings this Pasuk and it tells us something awesome about Shabbos. And I believe that it's a hint, a, a really amazing depth to this, this, what this Medrash is trying to say about the fact that the Jewish people are trampled and the Jewish people ultimately remain forever. And the Jewish people ultimately merit to have this amazing blessing of Yaakov Avinu. What's the blessing? The difference between the blessing of Avraham versus Yaakov. Now listen up carefully. First the Medrash talks about the fact that if you want to be saved from the challenges, the difficulties of the Chevli Mashiach, the time before Mashiach is a terrible time. We already experienced two out of those three Gugu Magug Wars, World War I and World War II. The Jewish people had a terrible time. There's going to be a third one. What does a person do if he wants to be to survive the Mashiach, the birth pangs of the Messiah. What do you do? Says the Medrash. Says the Medrash. Whoever fulfills the three meals one is obligated to eat on Shabbos, he is protected from the three challenges that come in the times of Mashiach. Somehow Shabbos protects a person from the transition time. That's what we're talking about here. There's a transition time where you go. Yaakov Avinu is about to go out into Gullus. But he's being told that there's a transition. The Jewish people transition from being trampled upon to being the ones who last forever and ever. There's a transition point in time, which is Gogu Magog, where we go from Klaisol's state as being downtrodden to Klaisol's state as being uplifted. 
a leader amongst the nations, which is what we're witnessing right now in the Middle East. Amazing thing. This is, this is part of it. Shabbos is somehow, what is the idea of Shabbos? Special icy. It's a special covenant, a bris between God and the Jewish people. Only the Jewish people keep Shabbos on Saturday. Because it's something unique and special to the Jewish people. We need to understand what is Shabbos. How does it connect to Mashiach? To the Messianic age? And how does it, what is the idea that if you keep Shabbos, you're protected, you're able to get through the birth pains, the difficulties, the challenges to the other side. Why is Shabbos that special aspect? And here's the point. Whoever enjoys the Shabbos, you eat on Shabbos, you, you, you enjoy physical pleasures on Shabbos. A person receives an inheritance which has no borders. An inheritance which has no borders. If you want to know what Mashiach looks like, what the Messiah, the Messianic age looks like, here's the verse. It's in Yeshaya, Perak Ches, Isaiah chapter 58. It says, Then you shall enjoy God, and you, the Jewish people, will be ascendant upon all of the nations of the world. And the verse refers to it as the fact that you are going to receive the inheritance of Jacob. What's the inheritance of Jacob? Like Avram. Not the, the inheritance of Abraham. Right, we brought that Pasuk. It says, go walk upon the land. It's, it's length and it's breadth. But that's limited. It's, you only get whatever you walk on. It was defined. I'm going to give you and your children all of these lands. Something unique in our parsha in these verses, an amazing description. What is what is it that Yaakov is being promised? If you keep the Shabbos, if you keep your Shabbos, we'll have to understand what is the idea of Shabbos. If you keep your connection to me, the connection which has to do with the oinig, the enjoyment of God, the, the memory, the awareness of that future time, Shabbos is me'enam haba, it's one-sixtieth of the world to come. If you keep that, if you are waiting for that, you get the ultimate expansion. There's no limit to how big your borders are. There's no limit to the borders of Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, when Mashiach comes, when the Messiah arrives. The Jewish people are ascendant, expanded. Why? Somehow because of Shabbos. And somehow, as we saw in the first part of the Medrash, because of the fact that they've been trampled. They've been trampled, they've been stepped upon. But they outlived all of their oppressors. They outlived all of their enemies. There's a beautiful story the Medrash... I'm sorry, the, the Gemara, the Kufi test very much a Medrash-style story, which I don't know if it's a literal story, but I actually believe it could be literal, but it could also be a mashal, an analogy for the Jewish people. The, the Medrash says, Yosef Meikir Shabi Hava. There was a man, his name was Yosef, and he 
was somebody who who would spend whatever money needed to be spent. He wasn't a rich man, but he would spend whatever money needed to be spent in order to honor the Shabbos. There was a certain Gentile who lived in his town who was very rich. A particular necromancer said to this Gentile, all of your money is going to end up in the hands of Yosef Moker Shabbos. This Yosef who, who values the Shabbos. He didn't want it to happen, this Gentile. So what he did, did was he took all of his property, all of his money, he sold everything. And he bought a gem. He put it inside of his hat. And he wanted to have it, all of his wealth on him at all times. He bought this precious gem, which had the value of all of his wealth. As he was passing over a bridge, a wind came and blew his hat into the water. Bole Kavra. He was swallowed by a fish. Askua, meaning the, the precious gem was swallowed by a fish. Askua Isua Bapani the Mali Shabbata. One Friday, that fish was caught by some fishermen. Ariman Zavin Kihashta. But it was late on Friday afternoon. They said, Who's going to buy this now? Go to, so someone told the guy who caught the fish, there's a big beautiful fish, bring it to Yosef Mokashabas, this Yosef who values the Sabbath, honors the Sabbath. He's the only guy who would buy it at this time. They brought it to him, Zavne, he bought it. He opened up the fish to prepare for Shabbos. He found this precious gem, Zavne Bitlesar. He lighted the dinri, the dahava. He was able to sell this for 13 sacks full of golden dinarim. Pagabeahu Saba, certain elderly person, which usually means Elijah the prophet, met him, met Yosef Markashabas, Amarman, the Yosef Shabbata, Pare Shabbata. Whoever gives money, whoever pays their money to honor the Shabbos, Shabbos pays back. Beautiful story. Interesting story. Because he honored the Shabbos, therefore he was paid back. I would like to say that this story, besides from perhaps being a literal story, is a mushal, it's an analogy to the Jewish people. Kalisol is sometimes referred to as Ephraim, the the one who's the son of Yosef, Yosef Makashabi. What is the, the identity of Kalisol? We are the ones who keep the Shabbos. We appreciate the Shabbos. There's a wealth. There's an amazing wealth. It seems like we're giving up. Keep Shabbos. You can't work on Shabbos. The day that you give completely to God, you're giving up your wealth. No. We got to do what's right. We keep Shabbos. Shabbos is powerful. Shabbos is a day of spirituality. Shabbos is a day without gvulim, without... It seems like we're constricted by all the rules and halachas of Shabbos, but it's really a day of spiritual growth, of, of such awesome greatness. What happens when we keep, when Klai Yisrael, because Klai Yisrael keeps Shabbos, there's a promise in the future time, all the wealth of the world, just like Yosef HaTzadik collected all of the wealth of the world because of the fact that there was a great famine. Jewish people, excuse me, he collected it all for Egypt. The Jewish people left Mitzrayim, left Egypt 
with all of that wealth that Yosef had collected. So too, the world is collecting all of its wealth, so to speak. But ultimately, who are the ones who will receive that wealth? The opposite who it would seem, it's the Jewish people. That's what I believe the Medrash is saying. And I believe that what is the idea? There's a flip around. There's a turnaround. Those who keep Shabbos are those are the Jewish people. We are the ones who are trampled. The nations say, oh, we've got the Sabbath. Some of them say it's on their Friday. Friday is their Sabbath. Some of them say Sunday is their Sabbath. They've replaced us. They think they've taken the wealth, the spiritual wealth which rightfully belongs to us. And ironically, they quote the very verse in Isaiah 53, which is talking about the Jewish people, as if it's talking about their idol. But it's talking about us. And the, the Medrash is telling us, and the Gemara and Shabbos is telling us, that the very thing that seems, the very thing that seems like we're giving something up, we're being trampled, we're giving up perhaps our Parnassah, for not working on Shabbos, there's a, there's a bittle, there's a bittle, self-nullification, perhaps not even by our choice. What did I do wrong that, that the nations of the world hate me? What did I do wrong to deserve the anti-Semitic bias? What did Israel do wrong? But there's a point in time where it all switches. And that's what the message is telling us. And, and to me the message is, the message is, first of all, we have challenges and we have difficulties. Those challenges and difficulties, that trampling, ultimately we will survive it. And we'll see an awesome expansion as a nation, as individuals, because of the challenges that we've gone through. And also, when I believe in Mashiach, when I believe in the Messianic age, when we will all, it will be revealed to the entire world, we will all experience HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God's presence in the world. When I live with that, when what that's because that's what Shabbos is. Shabbos is a taste of that. The Tainug on Shabbos is not just a physical Tainug. Of course, we express it with with the food that we eat. But it's a, an expression of a belief that there's a future time where the truth will be revealed. God's presence will be revealed. And the people who represented Him throughout the ages, over the last 3,300 years, 3,700 years, the Jewish people who represented Him throughout the ages, we are the ones who become ascendant. Why? Because we are dedicated, committed to, we hold on to our belief that that time is coming. That time is so close. That time is so close. Close. We believe it and we know it. We express that with our observance of Shabbos. We express that with our the oinig that we do, the enjoyments that we eat on Shabbos, that we believe that there's going to be enjoyments despite, like we spoke about last week, despite all of the proofs to the contrary, all of those, all of the things that are going on in the world that seem to be that great mountain, it's going to all turn around. It's going to all turn around. The very fact that we were trampled where we are, Ka'afaraz, it's the blessing. The fact that Yaakov is going out into, into Gullus, into exile, no, it's because he's going to expand into the 12 tribes. He's going to return back to Israel with an awesome blessing. And his blessing is the awesomeness of 
expansion, expansion without any limitations. And that is the idea of Shabbos, is an expansion, an opportunity for expansion without limitations. And when we keep it, the Shabbos keeps us. Whatever we give away for Shabbos, Shabbos pays back. So I want to bless you. Please bless me. Hashem should help us to be zeichet, to merit, to see that point in history where it all turns around, where all of the challenges, all of the difficulties, Hashem should help us see that moment in time where we experience the Nachla Bali Mitzorim, the inheritance which has no limitations. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.